morning. Good morning, everyone. Yes, Bob. I've got the children out the back, and I've got them on the. Uh, I've got them on the uh, rat wheel to make sure that the internet works today. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a bit of a shocker yesterday, but you know that's the way it rolls sometimes. Um, good to see all of you guys here this morning. Good morning and welcome to another Wealth Coffee Chat. Another Wealth Coffee Chat. James, Kevin, Bob, Joel, Allison, Ian. Good morning, mate. Ashley, Chris, Bob. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for being in the house. Uh, we'll do a take two, eh? We'll do a take two on yesterday's uh, Wealth Coffee Chat. Um, but before we do that, do a few little intros. Brendan, good morning. Um, yeah, another shift, hey? Dollar a day. Keeps the big world turning. Um, Jason Witten's my name. If you didn't already know, it's down there. Uh, most of you do. But uh, if somebody's popping by saying hello, if you're new, uh, let us know in the chat. Be uh, be great to hear where you're at, what you're up to, where you're from. Give us a shout out uh, as we jump into this morning's Wealth Coffee Chat. We get together Monday to Fridays, usually around about 10 past 8, and we talk uh, about the real estate world, uh, specifically residential real estate. Um, and, uh, you know, we try and make a little bit of sense of what's going on out there in the world of property investing. So if you're into real estate, property investing, if you're into building a portfolio, this is a cool place to hang out. Well, I'm a bit biased, I suppose, but I think it's all right. Uh, and we get to share a few things along the way that uh, that I've learned. You've learned, I've learned uh, over the last 20 years, 22 plus years investing myself, coaching and helping other property investors over 18 as a professional um, as we roll along. Hey, morning, Stu. Good to see you. Luke, in the house. Great to have you here too today, mate. Um, fantastic. Well, um, what is going on out there for many investors is the conversation about cash flow, <coughs> interest rates, before tax cash flow, after tax cash flow, etc., uh, etc. Et and it's And it's a it's a conversation that you need to get right in your own mind. Um, but, uh, you know, once you tuck it away, once you sort of tuck it away, I've been doing a few things over the last couple of days about cash rates and interest rates and all these sorts of things. Once you tuck it away, I, I think it's important really to make sure we get the, you know, we get the hang of things when it comes to our portfolio and make sure we don't miss out on opportunities to build our portfolio, our property portfolio, over the next little bit, and um, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something tomorrow. Actually, I'm going to do something tomorrow, um, and I, and it's called uh, equity lock or bank trap. Um, so uh, make sure you hang around for that one, team. Make sure you hang around for that. What that might look like, because um, there's a few conversations going on where many of us might be sitting on the sidelines because our cash flow, we're worried about our cash flow, et cetera. So I always like the idea of let's dive into things, let's dive into it uh, and do some analysis and then we'll talk about what that might look like. So that's the conversation today. Stick with me. I've got a few examples here uh, when it comes to uh, our, uh, our cash flow calculator. I always like to use this. Morning, Royce. Uh, and if you want to um, 
if you want to download it, if you're in our mentoring program, you know where it is. It's in the Facebook group or if you're in one of the other groups, it's there too. You can download it. It's usually in files and there's a training thing that goes along with it. But let's jump into it. Let's have a chat today. Let's have a talk about uh, our property and our cash flow. Actually, I will go back to the main for a second. Tell me right now in the chat, um, as a property investor, what number is the most important number? Okay. And when it comes to real estate, uh, real estate investing, uh, and I'm going to do this. I think that's working. All right, tell me. Let's have a vote. Let's have a talk about this. Let's have a talk about this. What's the most important number? Is it the interest rate? Uh, what's the most important number? Is it the um, is it the uh, percentage rental? That's an R. <laughs> Is it the rental yield, right? Um, you know, 3%, 4%, Luke's saying yield. Okay, nice, nice, Luke. Uh, is it the before tax cash flow? Is it the after tax cash flow? Is it the um, total return? Is it the cash on cash return, cash flow after tax, boom. So we've got all these things, right? There's, there's, there's conversations that go on out there and, you know, for whatever conversation is going on, often the conversation is appropriate to focus on the number. But really as a long term, folks, listen to me, as a long term, term property investor. Yep, all of them are good in in a way exactly, Joel, and and that's you know, that's part of this is like looking at each number is important at the right time. But if we were to say for you as a property investor, a residential long-term buy and hold property investor, what's the number when it comes to uh, our return? That is, and and when we're talking about cash flow, um, you know, what's the number that we need to understand the most? And for me, and hopefully for you, it's this one here. It's the after-tax cash flow because that is the number which ultimately means can you, can the property hold its own, pay for itself, uh, and, you know, how does that work, okay? Um, Teresa's saying total return, number five. And what does a total return mean, folks? Total return means your rental yield uh, plus your cap growth. Um, and I would do, uh, for me, Teresa, and, and a lot of people um, have a different opinion on this, uh, but I think, uh, um, I think it should be included the actual tax back because you get about a percent back, an extra yield, an extra percent on your yield for tax back. Um, for me, that's how I measure rental um, rental as we go along. So um, you have a fresh bird. Yeah, a good question, Brendan. It's usually, Brendan, depending on where you're purchasing or what it is, it usually it's the 12 to, 12 to 18 months. The first two years... Uh, the property just has got to settle into its groove for sure. Um, 
Um, yes, I mean, dep- it depends, Brendan. It's a good question whether you've purchased a freestanding house, whether you've purchased a townhouse, whether you've purchased an apartment, uh, whether you've purchased in a certain area that's existing completely 100% infill, like nothing happening around it, um, etc. So usually for me, certainly when you're purchasing new, Brendan, you need to give that property 12 months to sort of settle into its groove, um, you know, and uh, get its mojo on. So, But good question, good question. One that I might put um, another Wealth Coffee Chat to do on. Um, so great, great, uh, great, great conversation. Great, good, good question. All right, let's go and have a look at how we're doing some things when it comes to real estate investing. Here's a property right now. Uh, I'm looking to help my my young son um, buy an investment property, uh, maybe his first home, then an investment property uh, right now. So let's just use these numbers and have a look at what it might look like depending on a few factors, ladies and gents, when we have a look at um, some investing here, okay? We're going to treat it as an investment property um, uh, as we go along, and then we can muck around with some numbers, okay? Uh, actually, this is uh, one of the properties available to um, uh, to all of those who are in the mentoring program anyway, so it's a nice property up here in Queensland, uh, absolutely cracking. So, all right, let's have a look at this. You know, I've got the the market value here, you know, 609, you know, a purchase price 609, right? Now, um, we're going to use equity, but whether you put an equity deposit in there of 10%, you know, if you go, all right, $60,000 um, or not, doesn't particularly change the total loan to value ratio down the bottom here, if you can see that, okay? So you can put equity there, uh, and we're going to put equity there for the moment, Um there is some cash available um, he's going to put in as well. So, morning, Graham. So, well, let's have a look at this. You know, some stamp duty, um, so lender's mortgage insurance. Uh, he might be able to qualify for the um, first home buyer lender's mortgage insurance thing, but let's just say this is you or me purchasing it as investment property. We've got some rates. We've got some insurance. Uh, we've got some letting fees. We've got an agent's fee to rent it out. I'm doing interest only 4.5%. At the moment, you can get anywhere between, you know, late 3, 3.8 to 4.5. Um, and uh, it's actually renting for more than this, but let's just say it's renting for $500 a week. And we put the depreciation in and an income in. Everyone cool with that? All right. And so what do we do now? We have a look at what's going on with this property. So let's have a look here. And we go, all right, well, We've got a rental yield uh, of 4.3%. So right now, that's our gross rental yield. Remember, we talked about this on um, – uh, where's my iPad? Here we go. So remember, we talked about, all right, what's the rental yield? Okay, what's the rental yield? Let's go back to that. All right, that's 4.3% gross and 32 net. Now, you know, we're thinking, okay, well, what's – you know – is that an important number? Uh, not necessarily, but it's a good benchmark, okay? It doesn't mean particularly anything, let's face it, to do with your cash flow in and by itself, that number, okay? So, yeah, okay, gross yield. Yeah, the idea, it would be great if it's the higher the better. Uh, but what happens, tell me in the chat right now, 
if you wanted to get um, you know, a higher rental yield, what usually do you exchange to achieve a higher rental yield? Um, folks, put that in the chat. What what do you often have to compromise on to get a higher rental yield? And and there's this kind of balancing act with like this compromise. Chuck that in the chat for me right now. What do you compromise on to often get a higher rental yield um, when buying residential real estate? Yeah, usually it's capital growth. It's but it's attached to yep. Um, it's attached to location, Luke. Um, so certainly there you go, boom, uh, Luke. Yep. So what happens, team? Is what happens? You compromise for cash flow. Uh, we compromise often for cash flow locations. So where we we've got a good location next to great infrastructure, but we want better cash flow. So we go we we uh. We go further away from good infrastructure. We buy um, in a less desirable area. And the other one is, boom, uh, Luke said it here, the quality, and Sean was you know, alluding to it as well, the quality of the real estate. You might buy a, a brand new property um, you know, uh, for uh, in the area or you might buy something that's 40 years old and a bit run down. So... You're compromising on something. Now, it doesn't mean that it's not going to suit you. It's just that's what happens. And a lower purchase price usually too, Joel, means that you're further away. Yeah, you're further away for sure. So you compromise. So let's have a look at, you know, what this looks like. Now, we come to our first number that we really want to pay attention to is our pre-tax cash flow, our before-tax cash flow. So um, on first glance... We look at, uh, you know, um, yeah, I like the pigeon pair. Absolutely, Alison. Um, at first glance, this property looks a bit gnarly, right? So tell me right now, and this is kind of an analysis as of today, as at today, let's say, a negative pre-tax cash flow of $8,800, which means you have to tip in $170 a week pre-tax is a bit gnarly. You're thinking, holy, like I thought this, this thing was meant to be, you know, a bit more, um, uh, a bit better than this, right? So the challenge is for many of us, this rationale right now is that um, over the last little bit, let's say, you know, uh, that's, um, let's say, you know, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, if we say these are the values, so so property values have done that, right? But rents, um, so rents technically in some places uh, did this, actually went down, right? Um, and now there's some catch-up time to happen. But this, the the price, the percentage, like the rental yield is calculated uh, against the value, um, or actually it's the other way around. So the rent, the total annual rent divided by um, the value. I think it equals the rental yield. It could be the other way around, the value divided by the rent. I can't remember exactly unless I do it on the calculator. I'm a bit dyslexic, folks, just so you know. Um, so uh, that's how it works. That's that's what comes out. And right now we're sort of, you know, on to 22 and there's some, there's some gaps in the 
ratio of value to yield. Now, that won't stay like that forever because what's happening right now, folks, tell me, um, <laughs> thanks, Andrew, uh, tell me right now, what what's the pressures? What pressures right now are pushing that up? What what pressures are pushing that up? Chuck, chuck that in the chat for me, okay, as we go, all right? What is, what's happening? What's going on, right? We have a massive undersupply, uh, and so that's a push pressure, right? So undersupply, so we've got um, undersupply and low vacancy, the lowest in, in history, so low vacancy, uh, and we've also got, and w- which will be coming very soon, like and and in places like Queensland, it's already going absolutely. Yep, boom. So, so there's a there's a push. So uh, Joel sort of said, okay, critical supply and interest rates. So interest rates are a pull. So the costs have gone up. So it's pulling, it's pu- it's going to pull the rents up, and then the 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 stuff which is going to push the rents up are things like low vacancy rates, um, pop, more po- uh, people, more, pe- uh, more, more population, higher population uh, and the undersupply issue, okay? So everyone sort of – and we, this gap will close. Like, li- listen to me right now. Like, the gap will close. Matter of fact, the gap will overshoot, ladies and gents. So let me get to the point of today's chat. <laughs> let me get to the point of today's chat, Okay. This property is in Queensland, okay? And let's go back here and say, well, okay, even after tax, even after tax, you can see down here, we get some tax back and we can claim it weekly, fortnightly, and monthly. Um, You know, that property is going to cost us out of our pocket a couple of bucks. Now, that's not the end of the world, by the way. Um, I I don't have a problem with if you own an asset, um, it having, you having to supplement it in the short term while you get things organized or you know something's going to change. What is the one thing that I could reliably, um, you know, with a high level of certainty, rely on in southeast Queensland right now with this property that will happen in the next 12 to 18 months? Tell, tell me right now, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump over to my iPad again. Tell me what you, what you think I can rely on um, in the next little bit because check this out. All right, check this out. Check it out. Look at that. Look at the vacancy rate, team. Um, Karen, I wouldn't be betting on capital growth right now because I think capital growth will slow because of interest rates, okay? And that's pretty normal, Karen. But in some places, there will be some, yeah, rents to go up, up, up. Like, look at this, ladies and gents. <clears throat> it is the lowest vacancy we have ever seen in history. In history. The, like, there's nothing to rent, folks. 0. 0.6. 0. 0.6 in Brisbane. Check out Adelaide. 0. 0.3. Like, it's ludicrous. Now, we won't be without a tenant, all right? <clears throat> at all. At all, I can tell you. Uh, and across the board, team, it is not going to get any better. It's not getting any better. If you hear any person saying, oh, there's some relief on the horizon, what a bunch of shit. Absolute rubbish. There's no supply, folks. There's, there's nothing coming. Um, and the government needs to get their, you know, poo in one pile, to be honest. But anyway, <clears throat> 
So, um, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, the media doesn't. The media doesn't want to try and make any sense, Andrew. They just want to get your attention. Um, yeah. Anyway, they, it's it's a funny one, isn't it? So, what can we do? I go back to my property. I'm going. All right. Well, you know, what what am I going to do here? Okay. Right now, this property, I'm going to put one hundred dollars increase in my rent. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to take it from five hundred to six hundred. Okay. Now I'm very 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 extremely very confident that that will happen. Um, and let's go. Let's go have a look, right? Um, and now your property is positive cash flow after tax, still a little bit pre-tax negative. And let's go back and have a look at maybe, and I know, uh, listen, I've seen truckloads of rents go up a, a, a quite a smidgen in the, last, um, in the last year, and I don't think it's going to slow down. So let's see what happens when you when you bump it up to seven hundred, and look at that pre tax cash flow, pre tax cash flow. So, what does that mean? What does that mean to us? Tell me in the chat right now. Well, like for you and me, and also, ladies and gents, your ability to claim back um, more tax deductions out of your pay packet when the interest rates go up, you actually get to claim it back. So you get more technically, like for real, you get more money back on your tax when your expenses rise. <laughs> so it's quite good um, along the way. So my point of today's conversation, team, is I want you to get the cash flow calculator. I want you to grab your properties. I want you to analyse accurately and then go, all right, well, you know, um, helps with servicing, boom, yep, absolutely, gets the next deposit. What does it look like for us as investors? Don't sit there uh, making up, you know, boogie monsters in your head. Get the numbers on paper and you know, all right, <clears throat> all right, well, you know what I've got to do? I've got to get my rent up, you know, $100. You know, how does that happen? What, what do I do, um, you know? What is what does that look like for me and my property, et cetera, et cetera? All right. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, I just want to make sure we're sort of, you know, like uh, you know, like Andrew's saying there, you know, not getting caught up in the the media rhetoric. You know, they take one small piece of information and, um, you know, uh, you know, just uh, get a bit carried away. Um. Oh, and Joel's asking about Melbourne. Joel, absolutely. We've got uh, where is it here? Quick, uh, quick one here. Melbourne's uh, Melbourne's vacancy now is um, Melbourne's vacancy is uh, the lowest it's been in a long time as well. So now we're down in Melbourne, one point five, and you can see how far that vacancy has gone down in just a small period of time, and. Um, I can tell you, Joel, um, you you go down. If you guys haven't, let's have a look at it. I know we've run out of time. You know what I'll do tomorrow? We'll do um, some SQM research stuff. If you haven't already, um, jump on SQM research in Melbourne, Joel. In many of the places we've, um, yeah, it does include the three thousand postcode, Chris, and that's why it's extract like it's no good. That 3,000 postcode is rubbish, you know, like it's all those 
you know, little one-bedroom pieces of rubbish in the middle of Melbourne that, you know, you wouldn't put your dog in. Um, you know, so, um, yeah, yeah. It you, you go a couple of kilometres out, you go one or two kilometres out of Melbourne and start looking at the vacancy rates around the city, uh, unbelievable, like, and, and crazy um, unbelievable. It is so low, those vacancy rates. Um, and it w- w- we'll do it tomorrow because um, if you want to have a play around, there's SQM Research is a really good um, uh, website that, I, that we use for, for looking at data and information and stuff like that. Anyway, there you go. All right, folks, that's it. Wealth Coffee Chat done and dusted. Hopefully you guys are awesome and well. Um, um, but there you go. Yeah, good, Alison. You know, every market, like every market has a period of time where it finds, you know, an acceptable tolerance to expense and income. So Melbourne has been, it was the worst compressed city financially because of the lockdowns. So it's getting its mojo back on. And, uh, you know, I reckon... You know, Melbourne's got the next 12 months is going to look good for it uh, when it comes to, you know, rent, um, rental increases and stuff like that. So anyway, there you go. All right, folks, that's it. We're done and dusted. You guys be awesome. Be well. Join me tomorrow. We'll hang out and talk all things property investing again on another Wealth Coffee Chat. Bye-bye. <laughs>